Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors. Today we are here with Victoria Padmore. Hi Victoria, how are you? Hi Denise, I'm really good, thank you. Thank you, you for letting about- me in your bed. I know, how do you feel about being in bed with me? I'm, I'm feeling good, I've, I've relaxed into it a bit now, obviously a bit nervous to start with, but yeah, I'm good. <laughs> well you did say I needed to buy you a drink next time we did this so um and, I, and dinner let's and dinner. Come on. I'm a classy girl let's let's yeah. put dinner in there as well, well we already established before we started recording that indeed we are not so that's fine we don't need to, <laughs> we that don't need to recording that was secret <laughs> sorry Victoria so Victoria what's does, what's your business called and what do you do so my business is more to her life And More to Her Life is a registered charity in the UK um, that supports women who've experienced domestic abuse. I do know what you do. Yay! It sparks up in your mind. (laughs) uh, As I always say to everyone before I start the podcast, when I have my little before record um, speech, is that I do not research anyone's business because... I used to research people's business and I'm such a research whore and I ended up answering everyone's questions for them. But I do know what you do, Victoria, and I love your business. So, right, tell me all about it or tell everyone else all about it, please. Tell everyone everything. Right, tell okay. Tell everyone everything. Start. So, um, more to life, as I say, it supports women who've experienced domestic abuse. And it does that in a way that we want to show these women how amazing their life can be after abuse. Because there's that real moment for a lot of women when they leave abusive relationships that they're in survival mode to start with. And there are other incredible charities out there that help them with to escape. They help them with safety and shelter and food. And there we could not be without them. They are absolutely foundation. But there's then that point for these women that they kind of say, what now? Like, what is my life going to be like now? They've completely moved away from the life they thought they were going to live. And a lot of them romanticised this life with a partner who became abusive. They suddenly lose all that. And they're very fearful that they don't know what their future holds. So more to her life sits um, to add that extra layer to traditional domestic abuse charities and show them that their life's going to be okay, that they can build an amazing life away from abuse. And we do that by giving them gifts and experiences that actually gives them that glimpse, lets them taste it, lets them feel it, lets them hold on to that life that they can build. Yeah, and this totally resonates with me because I was in a... So, see, this is probably going to help a lot of people as well because abusive relationships, people feel people think that you have to have been physically hit physically hurt you know and and all of that and that's such a misnomer misnomer and and there's so much more awareness now but even coming out of my mouth I hate to say that I was an abusive relationship but I was in a very abusive relationship for a very long time but it was emotional abuse and he despite him being a you know a lovely guy and anyone who ever met him thought he was a lovely guy and I now know I am now very good friends with him okay but his mental health kept me in a very emotionally abusive relationship for a good 10-15 years and it was absolute torture right to the end and he 
and he'll freely say now that he completely tortured me because he needed that in order to be able to hit rock bottom and then he could rebuild his life it just wasn't very nice being the victim of that necessity down there with him and that is abuse that is absolutely abuse and I think I use the term domestic abuse I never say domestic violence because I already every day in my inbox I have women messaging me saying well he never hit me I don't Mm -hmm. care I don't care he he was abusive or she so it's something that yeah obviously I identify when I talk about abusive relationships I tend to use the um woman and the man because it is the majority of relationships are that way and it's my personal experience so but anything I say can resonate with people in same-sex relationships or obviously males being victims as well yeah I mean I'm the furthest away from um you know sexism ever but it's hard to not head towards that when you're talking about it because the t- statistics show you that largely it is women that are abused by men but I would say that now that we are talking more about emotion- emotional abuse I would say that we are gonna probably see that evolving a lot because I think that um, because women haven't felt phys- physically ha- the ability to be able to physically abuse people I think maybe we're gonna see a kind of that a bit of a turn in that where men are going to be able to speak out about how they've been emotionally abused over the years. Do you think that that's something that's going to evolve? Absolutely. And I truly hope so. And that sounds like a strange thing to say, but I truly hope that men can start talking out. I think it goes hand in hand. There's two things here. There's that we're letting men be more emotional in our society. There's not this boys don't cry anymore. And there's a lot more um, charities that help men talk about their emotions um and also yeah on the domestic abuse side the more charities like myself that talk about abuse instead of violence men can start to identify with that and if there is a man listening to this podcast and anything that I say through this if it resonates with you it's for you as well so I need you to be listening as well and to be identifying with this don't don't listen to the pronouns listen to the stories that are behind it so, yes, I do think that, that we will see a change in statistics. Um, and I I hope to see that. And I say that because then it means that men are feeling like they can talk out. I also think for the equality argument, which I, you know, wave the flag um, to right. all the time because I work in a, a male industry and I, you know, make sure that I'm loud and proud about it. But I think if you want equality, you want equality. And whether it be... Yeah you know equality in the business place and the workplace for women you also want equality for men when we're talking about any sort of domestic abuse any sort of abuse at all we want them to be able to speak out the same and have the same answers that that we get because that's not there at the minute yeah completely no I agree with you definitely yeah so let's talk about what you bring to these people so I know that when I was in this relationship it wasn't just so I had two small kids they were four and six at the time when we broke up and it and I was already running my own business so you know I was catapulted into you know working for myself and having two kids you know and feeling like my whole world had you know all that the ideology of my relationship had gone but the ideology of my um work life had gone my business had gone as well because there was no way I could do it all I mean hi I did but at that point there was no way it was going to be possible so 
how how do you bring that kind of that 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 hope to these people absolutely I think it's, it's definitely about giving them those experiences that give them a glimpse because it's not all going to fix overnight and I know that and I know that I can't deliver that magic wand I would absolutely love to but I can't deliver that magic wand but what I can deliver is hope and what I can deliver is a slight experience of what their future holds so as I said there's that real moment that that a lot of women kind of say what now and if you can't answer that question it's extremely difficult it's extremely difficult to then push forward and know for yourself for example that your children are going to be okay that your business is going to be okay because you can't envisage it and a lot of women have spent years if not decades in suppression and if you say to them what do you want out of life now they cannot answer it and unfortunately what this leads to is a lot of women returning to abuse so whether they return to the partner they've just left or they start a new relationship, that's pretty much exactly the same. They carry on in that cycle of abuse because they can't imagine anything else. So I deliver that hope. I deliver that real feeling that they can grasp and hold on to and know that they move forward. So it's something quite new and it's something that... um, I probably need to explain with an example of one of the one of the projects we've delivered, if that's okay. Yeah, go for Um, it. Fabulous. So the first project we ever delivered, it was to a woman who had to move from one side of the country to the other side of the country to escape abuse. And she took with her her teenage son. So they've picked up everything and just moved to the other side of the country. So they've lost their world. They've lost their vision of their future. He's lost his his friends, his everything. And they're now living in a refuge in one bedroom together. And life looks pretty bleak. Life looks very difficult now. And the teenage son is really struggling. He's living in one bedroom with his mum in a house full of other women who are there with their children. And he can't see that this is better. So he can't see that this life was better than the life they had. And she's got massive mum guilt. So she's now feeling extremely guilty that she's done this to her son. Now, she hasn't done this to her son. You know, that wasn't her fault. And I'm not saying that for a moment. But mum guilt does crazy things to your mind. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. It's that that special little torture that continues to weasel through your head throughout the whole of your children's lives. Absolutely, yeah. And if you've done something like that, that you have moved him and he is miserable... Mum guilt is multiplied massively. So they're living in this room now and they're thinking, I can't see how life is better. And when I was speaking to the refuge that they live in, they were worried she was going to return. They were worried that she was going to be one of these women that they lost, that they had to, you know, that she actually went back to her husband. And they found out randomly that the son found out that the town that they lived in now had a massive water park that was opening you know with the flumes and the waves and all those kind of amazing things right up my street yep are you would you be there yeah 100% (laughs) would you be down the flume first before you 100% love that so pushing them out of the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) so they wanted to go he wanted to go in particular but she couldn't afford it because she has nothing. 
the charity can't afford to be doing things like that. They'd love to. They know the impact, but they just can't afford to be doing things. So we did it. So as a charity, that's us adding the next layer to the amazing foundation that this other charity's got. And we sent them for the day and they had an amazing day. Yeah. And she wrote to me afterwards and said how incredible it was that she could have a day with her son, relaxed, enjoying it, without worrying about her husband's about to ruin it. Because she said anything that they used to do like that, she'd still be on tender hooks waiting for it to go wrong. She'd still be waiting for him to get angry about something for when they got home for, for her to find out that she'd done something wrong. And so she'd never experienced such joy in a day. And she told me she watched her son belly laugh as they were in the swimming pool. And that that's it. And that's what we deliver. Because for her, now at night time, when she is struggling, when she is wondering about what her life will be like, She's going to remember that day and she's going to grasp onto it. So that's what we deliver in many different forms. But ultimately, we deliver that experience that she can hold on to and get through this transitional period and not return to abuse. That's the bottom line. Oh, that resonates so much with me because I was left with absolutely nothing, like Mm. £25,000 worth of debt. And I, you know, two kids, no income, sacked from my business, all of that sort of stuff. And I, all of those little things, because, you know, food and bills and all of that had to be covered all the time. And that was a struggle. But whenever, you know, when the kids are small, they're, co- they're con- not intentionally, but they're constantly saying to you, can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have this? Can I have that? And it's constant. And it used to destroy me saying to them all the time, don't ask me for anything because I don't have anything. Don't ask me for anything because I don't have anything. And, and I literally had to sit them down and, and say nothing. Ask me for nothing because I haven't got a penny so when Mm. I could do stuff like that with them it was my world and I think I overdo it now because I've you know (laughs) obviously I'm doing well for myself now so I probably do do too many things but Mm. well not during COVID but but uh, those were the things that kept me going if I did something special like take them out for afternoon tea take them out for an ice cream you know take them to a new park that was further away that you know, that I went in the car to go to because I had petrol, you know, like everything was special and it kept me going for a little bit longer. And it made a difference to my business as well, because that way I could be happier and more productive and I could see a future. So your charity must mean the world to these, especially the children, but to anyone who's benefiting from it. So what was the vision for it then? Why did you start it and when? So um, we only got registered as a registered charity in mid-November. So this is a very new, I know, this is a very new idea. um, And we've had massive impact already. And it all started is my desire to let other people feel, let other women feel what I feel every day. So I have a past of abusive relationships. And for me, it was a cycle of abusive relationships. So I was able to get out of a relationship but I jumped straight back into another one where I say a lot of the times it was a different guy, but it was the same relationship. It was that same cycle year after year of being in abusive relationships and the abuse magnified each time. And it's simply because I did not stop to reset myself. I did not stop to say, what are my boundaries in a relationship? What do I want out of life? 
I just took it that that is my life and I let it continue. So at the point where I left my last abusive relationship, I took time to say, what do I want from life? What do I envisage my life to be like? And I literally visualized a day in that life of what I wanted, how I wanted to feel, how I wanted to be um, and what I wanted to build. And that was the power that I found I, I had, because then if anyone comes and wants to be in my life, they have to fit that, not the other way around. Not me having to fit their ideals and their boundaries and their ideal of love. You had to fit mine. And that I honestly had so much power at that point. And it led me to meet my husband, who's an amazing guy. Um, it's led me to have my two children with him. And I'm so grateful for my life now. And it took a moment for me to sort of start to think about what I wanted to do with my life and how I wanted to have an impact. Um, and I decided I want to help other women feel what I feel. I wanted to help other women get to the stage that I get to. And so I dissected what made it possible for me. And it was that visualizing a better life. And so that's what I try and deliver now. Love so it. So what's the plan for the future? What's the goal? When's world so domination? Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe the next day. Oh, okay. we'll take a day off. So um, we've had massive impact already. So we've done a few small, um, small projects like the water park, but we did a massive one at Christmas where we raised um, just over £2,000 and we supported women in a refuge to deliver the Christmas they wanted for their children. So that was you. Lovely. Oh, you want to hear about this? Yes, please. Yes. yes. So <laughs> the Christmas campaign, the backstory of the Christmas campaign, it, I always build my projects talking to the people that know. So I talk to the women um, who run the refuge. I talk to the caseworkers and I sort of say, I said to them this time, at Christmas, what happens? How is Christmas for these women? Um, because me, myself, I never actually went through a refuge. So that's an, that's an area that I need to, to know more about. So I spoke to them about Christmas and they told me that a lot of people and businesses donate presents, especially for the children. And they're so grateful. And but they donate these presents beautifully wrapped up like you can imagine Instagram kind of Christmas trees. Because essentially it's for Instagram. But yeah, sure. <laughs> we won't go there. No. So, yeah. So those presents are donated and the women are then passing those on to the children. And one year they asked for these presents to be unwrapped and just given to them with a roll of wrapping paper. So they, they knew what the hell it was. But also they wanted to wrap it themselves. Yeah. They wanted just one step of the gift giving process they wanted to be involved in. Because otherwise you just chuck in a box at a kid. And that that wasn't where they wanted to be. So I took that as a message that they want to be involved in gift giving at Christmas that that would give them a sense of connection to their children, a sense of joy in the, in the Christmas period. So we rolled it back and I said, okay, so how powerful would it be if they could buy their own presents? They can choose what their kids want and they can deliver that for them. And we also thought how powerful would it be if they got to buy themselves a present? Oh, because yeah. no one's thinking of them at Christmas. It's all about the kids. 
Um, but for them as well, that's something that, that could be powerful. So we fundraise to give them vouchers because to me, voucher equals choice. I know that some people in our world sort of think of vouchers a bit of a cop out present. But for these women, receiving those vouchers meant they could choose what their children have. And they've written to me as well. And there's some of the things that they said they bought, they would never have got otherwise. No. Because we don't know their children. They know their children. And the power it has is on Christmas morning, when those children opened those presents and got excited, they did that. And yeah. they then have the power and the self-confidence to know that they can deliver this for their children. So it's that moment again of, of grasping that they can do this in their future. So that was the Christmas campaign. Um, Love that. And we've got so many more campaigns coming up. That, that so what makes do. you pick your campaigns? How do you choose who's going to benefit? Yeah, it's all about conversations with, so I'm very big on collaborations. This is my big thing. So I collaborate a lot with um, refugees and other abuse charities. And I talk to them about what their women want. So the Christmas campaign came about just having a conversation and finding out, okay, that's what they want. Because to be honest, if you said to a woman in need who's just left an abusive relationship, what do you want? She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Because again, she can't dream. She can't do any. She can't think of things for herself in that selfish way, as it were. But the caseworkers kind of have that different view. So talking to them. So the next one that we're doing, I talk to the caseworkers a lot about the need to remove the feeling of charity. So these women um, lose a lot of self-worth because they're reliant on so many other people to help them at this point. And that that hurts their confidence, that hurts their self-worth. Um, and also to foster better relationships with other people. So the next project has come from those kind of conversations that we're going to hit those points now. So it's all about finding out where these women are at, what they want, and how can we creatively fix those for them? Amazing. I love what you do. So if somebody wanted to get involved or help or donate, how do they get in touch with you? Fabulous. So this is the other side of my collaboration. So the other side is I've been overwhelmed and blessed and so happy that as I set this up, I've met so many women in fabulous positions now, such as yourself, who've been through this, understand what I'm talking about and have created a good life for themselves. So I wanted to use my platform to let them be involved more and become partners in different projects. So the way that I do things, that if someone does want to be involved and wants to have that impact, and a lot of the time it's business women who then want to, so they're influential, they're inspirational, they're leaders in business. They want to become all those things in a charitable setting as well. They want to be a leader within their community. So we partner with them because setting up a charity is a lot of work. It's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> it's a lot of things to do. And a lot of these women don't have the time or the resources to make that impact by themselves. So we pull together. And instead of, so there's no drain on their time or their resources, they become partner and we deliver the projects on their behalf. So the next one we've got coming up is called a year of gratitude. 
And the year of gratitude, um, I have several people who are now as, I guess, sponsoring is the best way for you to understand what it is. But they're supporting a certain amount of women in their year of gratitude. And they're financially doing that. And they're also doing that with their platform. So the impact that we have, they're communicating it to their audience. Firstly, to put themselves as a place of a leader and inspirational, but to encourage others to follow suit. So in that way, I'm going to call it, I call it the ripple effect marketing in that you see someone who's having that massive effect and you see the impact you're having, they're having with their project and you want to be involved and then your audience wants to be involved and then their audience wants to be involved. So anyone that does want to get involved, absolutely get in touch because no matter what Where's stage- Where's best you- to find you? Yeah, our website's probably the best one to go through because then you can um, have a look at everything that we're doing and there's a nice contact form. So that is more Do you want to, to put the details underneath once you do it? But tell us what the website's called now. Fabulous. I will. Thank you. It's moretoherlife.co.uk and I'll put yeah. a link. Thank and you. then following us on Facebook, um, just search for More To Her Life and we pop up as our page. And that, again, is showing you the impact that we're having. But as I'm tagged in this, my inbox is always open. So there's open to everyone. If if you're someone who's struggling at the moment and you want to talk, my inbox is always, always open. And if you're someone who wants to become one of the empowerment partners, which would be incredible, my inbox is open. Let's talk about how we can have an impact in our partnership together. That sounds amazing. So during lockdown, during COVID and everything like that, obviously you started the business and usually I ask people like, how's it changed it? But what what made you, what possessed you, what made you like continue going and 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 open up during this time or did you just think fuck it you know I'm I'm knee deep in it now I might as well crack on well it kind of it started well into COVID it started at that point um and because it's needed it's still needed it's not something that's gone away and it's not something that it hasn't stopped us whatsoever it hasn't stopped me at all um and we're just creative in the ways that we can do this so obviously at the moment we can't send a woman to a water park but we can still send her those gifts we can still send her those things so part of year of gratitude she receives from us uh, a gratitude journal and it helps her to change that mindset and move forward in those ways so we can still be creatively affecting these women and impacting these women and they need us more than ever because yeah, I love I love journaling I love a gratitude oh, yeah. journal I think it makes so such impactful. a difference to people's lives yeah and this is it we've started now um the next project is is kind of based towards our empowerment partners being coaches and businesses that deal with mindset and all those kind of things because it perfectly aligns it perfectly aligns in that way that that's what they do with their clients so let's expand your impact into into women who have just left abusive relationships but there are there's more women now in need because they are cooped up 24 7 with that abuser but also speaking to the refugees they're seeing a higher number of women returning to their partners during covid really absolutely but it's because if you think about it you've just left and now you're locked in a room for 24 hours a day and all you've got is your mind going round and round and you can't see a way out and that's exactly what I talk about is 
they their answer to what now is these four walls and there's nothing in my life we can't you know they can't go out and make new friends they can't go out and socialize so they are seeing an increased number of people returning to their abusive partners because they can't see any other life so it's that sounds awful it's needed now more than ever and I hate that saying because it's so overused at the minute but now more than ever we need to be supporting these women we shouldn't use the word unprecedented (laughs) that's another one unprecedented time (laughs) so how are you personally coping with the whole lockdown situation um so for myself not a vast amount has changed so I've got two very small children who are preschool um so they're still at home with me as much as they have been my husband's actually a police officer so um yeah he's still out to work as he would normally be so my day-to-day life hasn't changed what has changed is um I miss my mummy that's my biggest thing and she's obviously um really connected to my girls they've got a beautiful relationship so seeing them missing each other is is very emotional so that's my day-to-day I'm just cracking on I'm not having to do homeschooling or anything like that but it's that bigger wider network that that we're all missing aren't we yeah I know I'm such a tactile person as well that I'm really missing kind of being able to bear hug people So when we get out of this, I think I'm just going to be running at people in the street and just jumping on them. Okay, good luck with that. Might be tackling, <laughs> yeah. People will just be running the other way down the street. Oh my God, who comes Denise? You might meet my husband because, yeah, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> He'll love it. He'll love a good bear hug. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So we're coming to the end of the podcast and I end all of the podcasts with the eight mile moment. So I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and I love the eight mile and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. He's skinny is why his mum lives in a trailer. So Victoria, <laughs> what are the worst things about you? Oh gosh. Um, I drink too much. I eat too much. Um, I love a good lay-in and I will pretend that my children's toys have run out of batteries. <gasps> None of them are bad things. They all sound <laughs> completely normal. Is everyone related to me right now? <laughs> yeah, that is like complete. Like, can you imagine being in lockdown at the minute and someone's child's got one of those whiny toys? I would be removing those batteries in a second. And, you know, you actually start to realise at Christmas who likes you and who doesn't depending yeah. on what they buy your children because yeah. some of those toys they don't like me yeah no. <laughs> no I know because when I had children before a lot of my um friends um so they did all of that to me mm-hmm. and I was like cool because mine are teenagers now and I'm buying all of your children drum sets bye <laughs> fabulous <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well thank you so much for being on the podcast victoria and as always if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast you can contact us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk and say goodbye victoria thank you